1: Welcome to the geekiest. This is Joe.
0: Oh, hey, it's Pete. Hi, it's Kayla.
1: Well, we're going to be doing a uh, a, a the geekiest at home in honor of uh, Saturday Night Live's Saturday Night Live at home that aired Saturday night.
2: Woo! It's a delight that was, by the way.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. It was nice to see America's Dad, Tom Hanks.
2: I worry about him, you know. I know, I know, but he <laughs> seems to be okay. Seems okay. I was, I was right. Okay. I'm all right with it.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, so no guests this week uh no Andy this week so it's just the three of us the the staple of the geekiest the OG <laughs> um so and we really we didn't get have a guest so it's just sort of what have we been doing uh to entertain ourselves and uh, what other geek news we have run across in the last few days So not wearing pants. Well, me either.
2: I mean, I'm wearing them now, but I haven't been wearing them. Is really, what I'm getting it. I normally Do you record pants? The, <laughs> No. <laughs> I mean, the way I look at it, I normally record the show when we are together without pants on. So I thought it would be refreshing to record this with pants
0: on. Oh, is that how that works now? Well, you know. I just so you're the mirror face. universe, Pete.
2: I am. <laughs> I am. I am also very sensitive to the change in light. I have recently discovered.
1: Oh no. It was really just a mirror verse. So. <laughs> uh, because see, like i uh, I I watched Discovery. Uh, well, I was going to say because I I have a, a tendency to, uh, and that's a geek point for the uh, sheet. Oops. Isaacs is his last name.
2: I think I lost you there. I didn't hear anything.
1: I was saying I was giving you a geek point for for the reference to the uh, Discovery's captain played by, uh, and the name fell out of my head. But I know he played Lucius Malfoy. So. Ah yeah. yes, Jason Isaacs. Jason Isaacs. I had the last name. I had Isaacs. You were so close. close. I was so yeah. <laughs> but a geek point for Pete for, for the reference. Yay. Um yeah, see, I see. I have the opposite when I I I'm one of those people who, when stepping out into bright sunlight, uh will sneeze. Um and that's a that's an actual genetic thing that the optic nerve and the olfactory nerve run too close together.
2: A, that's a geek point. B, um at this point, that's the way you get lynched for
1: coronavirus. <laughs> That's why I try to only do that in the from the safety of my backyard. <laughs> that's why that's I fair. have
0: not left my bedroom. Yeah, that's fine. That's fair. Uh,
1: yeah, so so Kayla last week was feeling terrible and we come to find out she's got a nice sinus infection.
0: Woo! Fun. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was a it was a doozy of an infection. I'm still fighting it a little bit, but I did go to the doctor, did get checked. My lungs are fully clear. I do not have the virus just Stupid sinus infection. So I'm okay. Very, very good to hear. Yeah. Um, you know, but I do apologize, folks, for uh, my voice. Um, I just got done speaking to a college class. So I've already been talking for an hour.
1: Well, one, going to throw you a geek point for uh, being a guest of a college class. Well, thank um, you. And what, what was the subject of your discussion? We were talking about polyamory. Well, yeah. <laughs> And how did the Young Minds of America's academ- academic situation uh, take to that topic?
0: It was actually really cool. We had a great time. They were very interactive. They asked really intelligent questions. Um, they were very receptive. It was, it was really good. The instructor uh, is a friend of mine, uh, mm-hmm. who I've known for forever. Um, and uh, she's, she's an incredible lady. It was an anthropology class. So it was really fun to, to take the subject of anthropology and extend it to relationship dynamics. And we just, we had a great time. The women, the girls were, I won't say girls, they were ladies or 20-somethings, um, were very receptive and very like... You know, right on. This is cool, and and whatnot. And and um, the young men, most of them, uh, were a little quiet in the beginning, but definitely got on board uh, as we went further. And it was really cool. I got asked back to do it again. I'm super excited. Uh, so we had a lot of fun. That's that amazing. Really
1: cool.
2: Congratulations on
1: that. Thank you. I'm excited. So, Pete, did you get to uh, get asked to uh, be a guest at any uh, college classes?
2: <laughs> uh, not this semester i have in the past um but i did host an open mic night for the english honor society uh this semester before COVID 19 exploded all social events um so that was that was pretty cool i got that's to, cool yeah read some some uh, free verse poetry and snap my fingers and wear a beret and look really pretentious
1: I love it. Oh, my God. Did you, okay, I, I've got two questions. One, were there any bongos involved? Two, did you have a pipe?
2: <laughs> oh, man, that is a missed opportunity to have a pipe. I've often thought to myself as an academic I really uh, need to get a pipe. I don't smoke, um, but maybe one that has bubbles that come out of it. I feel like <laughs>
1: brand for me. that's on brand for me.
2: So there, there were no bongos. However, there was... Um, this moment, where as I am sitting there hosting this, like trying to keep everybody kind of like um, focused and 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 keep this thing moving, and uh, someone had asked me a little bit earlier, um, was it okay to to do like a song? And I was like, Yeah, that's that's fine. I mean, Mike is open mic. I want you guys to, do, you know, whatever whatever floats your boat, whatever you know you want to go up there and perform. So this guy goes up and uh, he introduces himself and he goes, um, and you know, I, I said. Said, uh, you know, go up there, give us a name, tell us a little bit about yourself, and tell us what you're going to perform, and then and then go for it. And he comes up and he says his name. He says he's majoring in whatever it happened to be, and then uh, identifies himself as quote, I'm a uh, singer, a songwriter, and an exotic dancer. And I'm like, oh no, please don't take your clothes off, please. <laughs> <laughs> this is neither the time nor the place. Please don't do it. Oh my god! He did not, thank God he did not. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he I mean it it shows he was very fit um but uh man this is like I said not the time nor
1: the place yeah <laughs> I, I was worrying that you know he was going to come up and then perform you know NWA's fuck the police or maybe <laughs> uh body counts cop killer you know that was, was definitely chestnuts. also a
2: concern yeah that I had um <laughs> he uh no he he didn't um like um it's like, like i i i don't know the proper way of defining this like it was basically an acapella hip-hop He was a little rap. Oh,
0: okay um and oh, okay. it was
2: really good it was oh, very good and he kept his clothes on um and i was was quite pleased with all of these things um, <laughs> um it all turned it turned out fine thank god <laughs> <laughs> i was particularly nervous bec- because the uh the faculty advisor for uh English honor society was sitting in the back of the room and I'm like oh no, oh,
1: no. Yeah. I would like to be able to
2: do this again at some point in the future
1: <laughs> yeah that's that's sort of like when I was a teacher and you start you start the class off and it's the surprise you're being uh you're being watched uh session and you will just look at the class as you watch your the the vice principal who's in charge of you like slip into the back of your classroom and it's like this is a this is an unannounced uh <laughs> yeah this is unannounced,
0: oh god oh god don't do something weird yeah, yeah. No, it's like
1: okay <laughs> it's like all, all right guys uh just in my head i'm sending out the thoughts to them like like aquaman sending out his commands to the the, we, the we, densians we, we. of the deep yeah it's like Dude, don't say any bad words. Stay seated. (laughs) Don't stand up on your desk.
2: Well, you know, for me, not throw the books
1: up on the lights.
2: I was thrilled that she was there because, like, oh, that's great that she's showing some support to this event. I'm so happy, and everything was great, and I was so happy. And then, you know, he said that, and I was like, oh no, 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 no. (laughs) I mean, mean, like, who comes up and identifies themselves that way? Like, that's not. Interact. You're act. You're trolling. You're just trolling for for women to give you a little winky face at that point.
1: Uh, oh so yes. He, oh, so it wasn't just like him telling you that. Oh, by the way. Oh, he was, was boy, no, no, no. no it was <laughs> he was just announcing to the crowd, "I'm a songwriter and exotic dancer."
2: Yeah, he like he, it was one of those where he said it, and then like there was that that one beat pause where he looked at everybody like, uh-huh. and which which. <laughs> What contributed to my terror that he was about to take his clothes off. And uh, the funny thing is I I looked around the room and while I was very frightened, everyone else was just cringing a little bit. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. I I think everybody else was also like, come on, man. Come
0: on. This is
2: not that kind of thing.
0: Oh, my God. That's too funny. (laughs) Uh, yeah it sounds like he was just trying to get a laugh but that's, i'm sure i'm
2: sure and make sure you get a, his contact info for when i do have exotic dancing night at school <laughs> <laughs> not very good at education
0: <laughs> you know i took belly dancing in high school so you I know to- <laughs> that is
2: i need i i may need to to bring you in uh, next semester and uh, <laughs> do a class on that okay <laughs> what other skills can i capitalize
1: on that's, well, that's I'm not sure. You're, uh, I'm not sure how how schools feel these days about you coming in with a sword. So,
0: you know, <laughs> uh, you know how many schools I have walked into a sword and walked into with a sword. It's really kind of crazy if you think this about. <laughs> a different world we live in now. True story. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, oh, I mean, I mean the God.
1: whole idea of walking into a school
2: <sighs> was at the end of that, that sentence. The- Just. <laughs> It wasn't. It wasn't with a sword. It was just walking into a school. Yeah, Yeah. who goes to
0: schools anymore? Nobody goes to school. You just—it's right there in front of you, right?
2: Uh, It is now.
0: Uh, Anyhow, I never thought I would be the one to say
2: I miss school at forty-one years old. I miss school. (laughs)
1: Oh. Yeah, but I, I have to say having, you know, having gone through both, you know, the primary uh, tract and into, you know, secondary and post-secondary education, I will say going to school as a college student is uh, I'm going to give that like 8 out of 10 on my Yelp score would do again. <laughs> would repeat. It's um, not
0: it's not the same as, as no. High school.
1: Yeah. No, no, because like the kids who really don't want to be there after a point they just kind of get shuffled out. Yeah. Yeah. Um you and... know,
2: it, it has really been one of the most mind blowing aspects of of secondary education to me to um to like I'm committed because I have a significant investment in this. Um, which I mean I've mentioned before, like I'm in school because I got a scholarship. Um, I can't afford this, but I realize that the majority of students are there because they are paying for this and the lack of, um, like output on their part is mind blowing to me. Where do, why, why do they not understand the value of what they are doing? Like the investment of the money, but just of time, like people don't do their stuff. And it's, it's easy to me, like, how much people just don't turn in assignments, the most easy, basic, like just minimal involvement and people don't do it.
1: Yeah. That was always that was always the the uh, the question to me. Um, maybe I, I didn't really notice it like when I went to college, when I went to DePaul as a traditional age student, but when I went back to school at the Art Institute, um, you know, as a late 20s student who was working full time, um, Oh yeah, I totally know. I see what you're saying. It's like you sit in the class, and it's like you know the the instructor will be like, "Okay, uh, make sure you've submitted your whatever." And it's like I was like sweating about it because you know I had I had done it, and then you're like look over to the person next to you, and they're just kind of you know blankly staring at the computer in front of them. And it's like nah. <laughs> I I had a had one instructor at the art institute who. I took like three, three sessions with him for like basic HTML, advanced HTML, and some other HTML class. And he like the first three or four weeks of each of the terms was the hardest, like no sympathy for late work, no sympathy for whatever. And I think it was like this, the third term, I finally like Walked up like after like the second class, and I was like, I get it. And he's like, what? I said, I get why you are so rough in the beginning. And he's like, oh, what do you think it is? I was like, you're shaking out the, the, yeah. the, the, the coasters. You're shaking. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like, nothing irritates me more than the kids who are here wasting money and time. He's like, oh. you know, I've got students like you who he's like, you work full time, right? And I'm like, yep. He's like, you know, y- you're you're doing all this stuff. He's like, and, you know, because he was like, he was like, everything had to be hand coded. We couldn't use uh, any of the software that you would normally use for coding. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was all to shake out because like after they left the class, he's like, okay, now I'll show you how we can do this in Dreamweaver or how we can do this in whatever. And it was always like, oh, that was dirty. I totally understand (laughs) it. (laughs) So you cut out just
2: then. And I just heard you, you mentioned Dreamweaver, and then there's a, a pause. And then I heard that's dirty.
0: Ah! We'll uh, never know what was dirty. <laughs> keep it just like that.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, I won't, I won't. Re- <laughs> um, but when I was a, when I went to grad school, um, which I did not complete, um, when I went to grad school and I was in classes with other teachers, there was a couple times where, uh, for anybody who's done online courses, the bulk of online courses is you're responsible for like making some sort of post or you know posting an essay or posting a response to a question the professor puts forward or some sort of assignment, and then as p- also part of your grade, you are responsible for making comments, responses, whatever to whatever the person put out there.
2: Yeah, we do a lot of that now too.
1: And, you know, it's like, okay, your initial response has to be up by Monday. Your, uh, you know, your replies have to be done by Thursday. And there would be like three of us who posted, you know, well ahead of time. And then you waited for the other 12 people in the class to put their posts up. So it wasn't just, you know, you posting responses yeah. to the same people over and over again.
2: Yeah, yeah, I've experienced a lot of that too. This semester with the this whole... um transition to remote remote learning as a as a thing um (laughs) so i've tried to continue to be in touch with people from my classes who i happen to have contact information for um a lot of them like we were working on a group project or this and that so part of my obligation for my um one of my classes is is diver- diversity and exceptionalities in education and um it's one of those classes that ex- they, there's an expectation of us on us to do 15 hours of, of field experience in an actual classroom <laughs> that got cut off midway through the semester because you know we could no longer fulfill that so there was still a need for us to do it our grade is contingent uh, we were told the, the first day of class, like, if we ace everything in the class and don't do our 15 hours, we are legally required to fail the class, to, to be failed um, for lacking the, the 15 hours field experience. So what they ended up doing is having virtual field experience, which involved um, YouTube videos of, of teachers teaching classes and, and taking notes on it and stuff like that. So um, before before we went to remote learning... I had already pulled off like 14 out of 15 hours, which was a little bit frustrating to be so close. And I'm like, nah, you know, it's not a big deal. Whatever. I'll just do my one hour virtual one. It's fine. So I happen to text one of my friends and I go, um, Hey, how's it going? What's going on with the field experience? Did you start doing your remote learning? And her, her response to me was, eh, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to do it at this point. And I'm like, no, what? N- do not not do, do not fail this class because of that, of all things. Just do the stupid you watch YouTube videos all day, every day. Anyway, just watch the stupid videos. I, I guarantee you could watch one or two and then just write the paper, assuming you know what the rest of it is. It's, I mean, you're just in a classroom. <laughs> uh,
1: uh.
0: So so besides the education end of things, how is everybody uh, holding up in the, the age of, of isolation? Pete, how are you doing? Mostly fine. I mean, um,
2: not a whole lot has changed. For me, because outside of of school, which transferred to you know to doing it remotely, uh, my, my job job is is an essential business. I'm in medical supplies, medical wholesale, so I still go to work every day, mm-hmm. kind of. Um, the as of this last weekend, I know Broward County, and I think maybe the entirety of the state of Florida is requiring masks when you are out of the house in public. Yes, uh, please, if you are listening to this, do it just do it just you know don't leave don't leave the house if you have to leave the house wear a mask please for everybody i don't i don't care if you believe it you don't believe it whatever it doesn't matter if you believe it or not do it for everybody else do it just to be decent and not a dick um because if if you don't care about the rest of people that makes you a dick that's what being a dick is um don't be a dick it's it's pretty easy just you know act like you give a crap about other people whether you do or don't there you go but, you know we're all in this together believe it or not and just stay home you know just stay home and and don't don't risk yourself don't risk other people i personally already know somebody who has died of this uh yeah um so yeah it's it's very real and i don't want to like be the conversation killer and be you know such a super downer but it's you know it's legit and people are dying and real real dying um, and you know, just let's get it under control.
0: No, I absolutely agree. And then, you know, yeah. it's, we, we as you know, we have this platform and, and it's our responsibility to do that too. And we appreciate you saying that because it needs to be said.
2: Yeah. Thank you. I mean, you know, I'm out there and I see it and I'm, you know, I'm not exactly in the medical industry, but I'm medical industry adjacent and, I have direct contact with a lot of doctors and, um, you know, I mean, I'm not privy to special magic information or anything, but because of the nature of our business, it's something that we have been talking about with the severity of knowing how real it is for already two months. Um, you know, we were on the front line and knew like, this is going to get bad. Uh, this is and you know, yeah, here it is. And people don't take it seriously. Um, it's, it's weird. Like, Uh, There was definitely a time when if I left the house and I ran into somebody wearing a mask, it was weird and I got nervous. Um, Now I get weird and nervous and anxious if I run into somebody who walks by me not wearing a mask, which uh, happened to me today at the gas station. I had to fill up my car and this guy walks by and he's not wearing a mask. I'm like, oh, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. 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 Um, And I just kind of like wanted to dive back into my car and hide. Um, What a weird world we live in, but it will well, we will go back well, to you know being normal humans again at some point in time. It'll it'll pass.
1: We're just not well, there yet. Well, I mean, it's like uh, last week's guest, Elena, um, because of some underlying health issues. She has very rarely left the house. She's been self quarantining. I think she's on like week five or week six. She started like a week before like everybody did. Um,
2: yeah, yeah, good and, for her being on top of it.
1: Yeah, and like yeah, you know, I you know. So for for a lot of people out there like our friend Elena and you know a lot of other folks it's not just you know it's not just case of oh uh, you know you're avoiding getting you know getting this and maybe getting the mild version but for somebody who has. Immune uh, immune system issues. This, you know, like like you said, you know, someone who's who's passed away from it, and it seems like any the underlying conditions that that can affect it aren't like super big bad things. It's like I don't know asthma, which I've had since I was like two weeks old. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, you know, I know that I hear a lot of people who um, you know compare it to the flu and compare it to this and compare it to that, and and don't fall into that trap. Mm-mm it to anything else yeah. this is its own situation nope. and it needs to be treated with this, the seriousness of of you know a sickness that if you get it there is a realistic possibility that you will not recover from it yep. um in the case of the person that i know that passed from it he i mean it was fast um i know that i had seen um a post on facebook that like three weeks ago he was fine and then he was dead um yeah In Three weeks from going from healthy to dead is is crazy to
1: me. Yeah, and I've heard no. about situations
2: where it was much faster than that.
1: Yeah, no, I I, I was watching a video a, a surgeon had put out and basically discussing the how it kills you, how how it kills people. The the, the way that it, the pneumonia that it creates, um, is, it's not like, you know, I've had double pneumonia a couple of times and, you know, it's terrible. And again, yeah. And again, as somebody with respiratory issues, it's, it's a, it's a scary thing. Um, but like the pneumonia that, uh, this causes from what the, the doctor in the video was saying was basically like most pneumonia kind of falls into the bottom of your lungs because of gravity. Yeah. This one like has, you know, it's just extra sticky. Extra, you know, you know, yeah, yeah, and and kind of just coats the entire inside and you suffocate, yeah.
0: I mean, it's a miserable way to go without a doubt. Yeah.
1: All right, so well, let's, get yeah,
0: the, yeah.
1: let's get back to
0: what are the good I- things that we're doing to cope? What are we watching? What
1: are we listening to? Joe, okay, what are you so, doing? so, so actually, I wanted to uh bring up something that Kayla and I watched the other night, um, in defiance of your suggestion. <laughs> I oh boy. Mm. So we watched X-Men Dark Phoenix. (laughs) (laughs) How'd that go for you? (laughs) Okay, okay. So it wasn't super terrible. It was not... I, the way you had had presented it, I expected it to be just garbage, um, which which it didn't feel like that. But and Kayla and I were talking about it. And it's like, you know, if you look at everything through the lens of what we've gotten for the last 10 years from the MCU, all these yeah. other superhero movies kind of, kind of pale. Like if you go back to like the 2000 X-Men movie and that franchise and all the attached movies, including X-Men Origins, Wolverine, ugh yeah yeah um like okay so when your your initial assessment i thought we were getting another x-men origins wolverine with dark phoenix
2: that's the thing is with dark phoenix like part of me
1: was was so bad it was like hilariously bad
2: but it wasn't like i think if anything it was boring and forgettable which may be a worse crime
0: it uh, it it it's it's in such a weird place. Like there was some really interesting, like decisions and moments and and pieces of it that I was kind of like, okay, that was pretty cool. I really liked uh, Sophie. What's her name? <coughs> Turner. As as yeah, Jean- Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones. Yeah, Time. I thought she was a really good young Jean Grey. I thought she had brought something interesting to it. I think that she did the best that she could with what she was given. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um,
2: for me, I think a big part of it was the direction. Um, I think that the director was not looking to pull like a lot out of a lot of those actors. I felt like Jennifer Lawrence just kind of constantly had a look on her face. Like how many more days of filming do I have? Yeah. <laughs> done yet
1: to to be fair i mean that whole application that she has to get into for for the mystique i would probably also be counting the number of days before i don't have to get in that stuff (laughs) it's a lot to be sure Sure, sure. the makeup actually
0: looked really good i thought it, it was a really good representation um Kind of of the translation from from comic to movie uh, that wasn't as as crazy risque as as the original movies and and kind of fit the 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 age of
1: the kids. There's that, and also she was wearing like the X Men uniform uh, more than just wandering around all blue, walking around naked,
0: um, which you know I'm fine with, but I thought it was <laughs> nice to you know have her in clothes. Um, the the whole like leaving it off with her dead was like what wait hold on what just okay and you know and then they just never did anything else um the alien thing the oh. the doppelgangers they looked like doppelgangers which was kind of cool but it was such like a throwaway bit
1: yeah that yeah. was
0: supposed mm-hmm. to be an essential part of the storyline that it just kind of left me going what okay they're they're gone now okay all right you know <laughs> Like, I think that yeah. is my biggest complaint. The whole thing is I got to the end and I was like, that was cool, but eh, what happened?
2: <laughs> it just, you know, I mean, for a series that started off with First Class, which I really enjoy. Um, yes. It, it reaches a point where it's just like, do they have any particular, like, plan, direction, passion behind this project? And I felt like the things were there. Like, they're just wasn't really any heart
0: behind it anymore at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's it lacked heart. That's a really good, Uh, really good description. It wasn't the worst thing in the world, but it definitely lacked heart.
1: So yeah, uh, that I think was really was, you know, this is, you know, John Byrne and Chris Claremont, you know, the dark Phoenix saga. Um, I I remember my older brother had the comic book when I was a kid and I remember, you know, reading it and there is so much that could have been mined there. I agree um, completely, and it just feels like the Dabari uh, alien thing was unnecessary, mm-hmm. except for, and I think I said, Kayla was like if you did Dark Phoenix the way it was done in the comic books, she becomes the villain for for it, and I just, you know what, you you don't have um, studios willing to take their, you know, their big star or their big budget star for this movie franchise and make her the villain also doing doing this story trying to do the story and like an hour and a half or whatever it was two hours hour and 14 minutes um or 114 minutes so hour and 45 minutes give or take whatever it just i mean if you're gonna do dark phoenix saga do it as a couple movies shoot it all once like like they you know did with some of the other (laughs) lord of the rings rings. it lord of the rings it the 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 two matrix sequels oh yeah you know do it that way also, uh, both Back to the Future two and three were shot mm-hmm. back to back. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm going
2: to give you a key point for your uh, name dropping of of Burning Claremont, but not for your Back to the Future. one.
0: <laughs> okay, here's a, here's an interesting thought <laughs> uh, along that line. Um, is it are movies becoming? Are are we moving away from movies as a way to sell stories? You know, so often we're we're oh, going do you want to, me to get with this? <laughs> <laughs> well you know you are a resident snob right i'm very pretend movie pretentious <laughs> and i mean like i think there's a place for for film and and that that storytelling platform but is it are we getting away from it in a sense that a lot of stories that we want to tell especially when we're talking about comics and things like that is that no longer the right media
2: oh um you know being the <laughs> The, the real snobby part of me wants to be, say, like, oh, well, we haven't uh, had storytelling in movies for a long time now, which is not true. yeah It is, it is 100% <laughs> not true. But, you know, the thing is, um, I also, I mean, being realistic, um, big budget movies are not the place where Hollywood is particularly going out of their way. Their number one priority isn't telling a story. Their number one priority is recouping their rather large investment by getting a lot of butts and seats. And mm-hmm. I mean, not to be shitty on humanity or anything, most people are not looking for Shakespeare out of a movie. Most people are looking for cool explosions and a lot of CG. Um, a lot of pew pew lasers. Um pew-pew. I mean, as, as snobby as I am, I think I kind of walk both sides of that. I mean, I love pew pew movies, but I also love pew pew movies that give me a
1: little bit of something, that give me a little meat on the bone, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, so, so so i i think what what we're turning away from is because if you look at what the mcu's been doing you know high budget movies but they were telling a story for the you most know, part yeah. yeah for the most part i mean and i think what we're moving away from is or, or i don't know okay so this is this is my 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 feeling on it's like the x-men this x-men movie and x-men apocalypse um, should have been multiple movies like what the MCU did. So that you're not trying to tell in a very elaborate, what would have been a multi-comic crossover event in one hour and a half, hour 40, two hour space. Yeah. And I think you can look at the success of the MCU, you know, and say this, that's the the serialized movie storytelling, which was, the origination of the movie, the movie business, was serials um, mm-hmm. is back. You know, Iron Man. You know, from Iron Man one through and oh, through Spider Man Far From Home. You're talking about movies that are making billions of dollars. You know, each time you're dropping an Avengers movie, you're making a billion dollars, two billion dollars.
2: Yeah, they um, love it. They love it when that happens.
1: <laughs> right, but you're so if you take the time to tell the story. I mean, think how long it took to get to the showdown with Thanos with the MCU movies, you keep bringing people back in to see it. And it's not, you know, and as as we've said before, it's not just comic book fans who are walking in to see it. It's, it's the, 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 the the adrenaline junkie blockbuster uh, movie person who would see a blockbuster movie anyway. But now you've got them hooked on this story that, you know, at the end of every of those Avengers movies or, or any of the, the MCU movies, it's, you know, Captain America will be back or, you know, Thor will appear. And it's like, like, you know, they put the hook, they set the hook, and and they caught the audience. Well, you know, I think it's, so it's, it's definitely
2: th- worth noting that, that clearly that's because they had a long game plan in mind. Yeah. They somehow managed to pull off despite, you know, anyone's expectation. Nobody, nobody could have predicted that they would have pulled off, like this coup of, of movies of, of building this interconnected franchise. Um, and I think that's where we are really seeing that other franchises are weak and failing, you know, from this last batch of X-Men movies to, I'm going to say it, the, the Star Wars sequel trilogy. Um, there was no long game plan laid out. And yeah, particularly with Star Wars, that really shocked me. Like, Early on when when they had first announced we're gonna make three more movies, they're each going to have a different director with the original, you know, which we know was the mm-hmm. original plan. Um and uh, you know, they're each director is going to put their own take on it. And I remember thinking like, that's what they're saying, because it's gonna be different directors. But I think that they've already got them a map in place for what these mm-hmm. are gonna be. And then by the time all three movies came out, I went, they they didn't they didn't have a plan.
1: Yeah, they're- no uh- Yeah. Because Kathleen Kennedy is no Kevin Feige. Well, no doubt um and and it's interesting because like i think even the ryan johnson directed movie still had jj as an executive producer and i and and i remember my initial thought was okay well jj did the first one and he's probably done like he did with star trek where he kind of laid down a bit of a a a railroad on Mm -hmm. where the story should go and you just paint on the details and no when we saw you know last jedi and and ryan johnson was like Nope. I got my I got my interpretation of how to progress the Star the Star Wars universe.
2: Yeah. What? (laughs) How did (laughs)
1: And, and nobody was like, um, you know, either a this isn't this isn't in the JJ uh, in the JJ tracks or be like, okay, let's do this and then carry that forward. I don't know.
0: What, was don't... The, what do you think was the, the logic behind giving each movie a different director other than perspective? Because like you look at something like Lord of the Rings, you know, and Jackson took that all the way through. You know, and he he was picked because he had a passion and a love for the story. And he told the story the best that he could and with what he was given. Why not continue that tradition? Why would you switch directors like that? I
2: mean, I, I'm not a whole cloth against the idea that, uh, you know, I think there's a fun that comes with um, the idea of I'm going to tell part of the story. Then someone else is going to pick it up and we're going to see what happens, like the telephone game of mm-hmm. telling I'm not against that as an idea, but man, the star
0: Wars property is worth so much money. So say you're doing that with millions of dollars on, right? Like, millions. this is
2: not just like a fun billion. little experiment we're going to do. You were talking about a, a, a property that, you know, has existed now for nearly 50 years. Um, for, you know, for as long as it has, and that people are so passionate about mm-hmm. that is, you know, a billion dollar franchise. Um, Maybe, maybe have a plan, guys. Like, we're not talking about we're coming up with a new franchise, and it'll be fun to see everybody tell their own piece of that story. That's fine, and I, I would have enjoyed seeing. I like the idea of seeing people to put their own spin on something, just maybe not on something as as critical as like episodes seven, eight, and nine. Like, have a plan. Let me, let me, let me even put it a different way. I think really what I'm getting at is, like you said, Joe, and I think you you hit really hit the nail on the head. Have somebody who outlines the arc of all three and then let each director put their own style on
1: the little detail. So, of it. so if we look at the original trilogy, the OG trilogy, George Lucas was the story by for all of them, you know, Lawrence mm-hmm, yeah. Kasdan and, and others added on as the screenwriters. George only directed new hope. Yeah. Irving Kirshner did empire strikes back and Richard I always get his name wrong. He's a Welsh guy. Yeah. He was the director of the of the third film. Although from what I've read and seen in documentaries, George was on the set a lot with him uh, doing a lot of guiding. But you had three different directors. uh, I'm going to give you a point, by the way, for knowing all of those. (laughs) (laughs) And You know, you have three different directors, but they're they're all following the story by of George Lucas. There's a playbook. Yeah, there's a playbook. There, there's a, there's a, there's a setting, and you know they had, like I said, they had different screenwriters for them as well. Um, but everybody knew, okay, we've got a vision statement. We know what the vision is, and I think, I think that's what what happened with with the 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 sequel series is there was no vision. Um, and 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 to the question you asked, Kayla, it's like I don't. It's like maybe to JJ. I mean. I'm not entirely sure I I wanted to see a full three movie done by J.J. Abrams, uh, (laughs) Star Trek sequel trilogy, or Star Wars sequel trilogy, Um, because, I mean, I I loved Force Awakens, you know, it it was beautiful fan service, um, but it was enough difference that I was like, okay, we're not just retreading things, but could he pull that off for... Three movies that didn't make you just feel tired, you know, feel like you didn't get anything new. That there was no, you know, I don't know. I, I just so it's I'm kind not, of a keep things fresh. Yeah, keep things fresh. Have, but uh, honestly, have JJ, have Kathleen, have uh, Hidalgo, have somebody. Pablo Hidalgo. Pablo Hidalgo. Have them. Have somebody. Like, okay, here's the path. This is the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, and then, you know, let Ryan Johnson direct, you know, right, you know, right and direct, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know, it just feels like and I, so then trading this back over to the X-Men movies, I can totally see you're you're at Fox, you have these properties, you want to capitalize on them. First class, you know, you, you, you kind of soured the milk when you did. Uh, you know, X-Men origins and folks weren't happy with you with the X-Men last stand. And that standalone Wolverine movie afterwards was kind of eh. a, you, you got, you got a hit with X-Men first class and it's like, okay, what do we do now? And it's like, well, we've got these great storylines that, you know, have been in the, you know, days of futures past and uh, the age of apocalypse and dark Phoenix saga. Let's try to tell those in one movie each.
2: Yeah. Not a good move. Mm, yeah
1: yeah and um, i think
2: you really are right too that like they there is so much um material from like let's just focus on the dark phoenix um saga that would still translate very very well to a movie that they were like "Mm, man you know yeah the whole idea of like her being controlled by um what's his face uh, mastermind is that his name
1: um oh when as part creating, of the, like false
2: reality for her yeah
1: um, um, and then you've, you've got story. the yeah and you also had in the uh the whole uh hellfire club yeah and, mm-hmm,
2: exactly and i mean yeah. how do you tell the dark phoenix story without wolverine
1: you know and i am long on record of
2: not being a big wolverine fan i know people love wolverine as a character like before everybody loved Deadpool, everybody loved Wolverine, and I was always like, mm, uh, "Oh yeah, yeah, you know, he's overused." But but I mean, you don't tell the Dark Phoenix story without Wolverine.
1: Yeah, but you know, it's, it's like telling the Dark Phoenix story without Wolverine, without Rogue, without Colossus. I mean, you you have to have that kind of that that second wave of. X-Men heroes to really tell that story properly, but they you know, because they'd use some of them in you know, the the previous iteration and for whatever reason, I don't know it's it, it, that that X-Men franchise got to be a mess with like days of future past when like oh, here's here's Logan as you know, 40 something Hugh Grant, uh, Hugh Jackman I,
2: I would that. also like to see Hugh Grant play, play Wolverine <laughs>
1: <laughs> that oh, oh, would oh, be oh, interesting. Oh, oh, pardon me i'm going to um i'm going to use my claws bub um
2: well well you, you see i'm just i'm really i'm i'm the, the best there is at,
0: at, at, at what i do <laughs>
1: Schnick. oh, oh that's, that is rather rude isn't it
0: oh, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's great so what you're saying is the answer to, <laughs> the answer to my really original question is not that the movies are are the movie format is going out of style, so to speak, but it's we need to start looking at it as a, a storytelling mechanism that does not need to necessarily stand alone, and that's where the success is coming. Was is when we see it as it doesn't have to be the whole story in one movie,
1: right? So my my take on I think there are movies you can do that are self contained, don't need to be serialized, you know. But I think for for the the comic um, book movies. Um, it's, it's, you know, you, you just, you need to slow down, take your time, take a breath, tell the story. Right. Yes.
0: Right. Look at, Why don't we look do at, that more?
1: <clears throat> look at the source material, have a plan, mm-hmm. um, and go forward. I mean, as much as, you know, look, The reason that the original trilogy of Star Wars is so popular is because there was a guiding hand behind it. There was a story being told and no matter what Irving Kirshner wanted to do, um, it's... You know, it's all it's all, uh, you know, it, it's all in this one line and you can you can move so much. You got some wiggle room. Uh, you can move forward. I mean, look at the MCU. You start off with Joss Whedon helming the phases, you know, Kevin Feige behind him. But Joss Whedon was, you know, kind of the guy in charge and everybody had to go go with him. And then when he stepped away, it became the Russo brothers with Kevin Feige setting the setting the table for everybody to, you know, what they were doing.
2: Mm-hmm. But the point is that there was one consistent man at the helm guiding it along. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, and, and for... <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, the DC movie universe didn't didn't seem to to well. They were supposed to follow a similar path, believe putting Zack Snyder in charge of that.
2: Yeah, but then his own life circumstances
1: kind of yeah, was, like, life circumstances popped up, and and he had to step away. But even before life circumstances popped up and he had to step away, there was kind of a okay, <laughs> this the
2: franchise was already a little crazy by that point.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you got it for DC. It's like Jeff Johns really needed to be, you know. Need to be Kevin Feige over there, yeah. not just not just Pablo Hidalgo. You know, yeah, he, yeah. yeah. so so. Yeah, we watched Dark Phoenix. It wasn't X Men Origins Wolverine, but it also wasn't First Class. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, that's... Or, or Logan.
0: That's is that's... that the scale by which we judge things now?
1: There we go. <laughs> For
0: X Men movies, I think that's
2: that's on the scale fair... of Wolverine to First Class. Where would you put that?
1: <laughs> Agreed. Um. <sighs> So, so Pete, what and what yeah. have you been uh what have you been digging into?
2: Uh let's see. Um <laughs> so like everybody else, I think I did mention maybe in not the previous show, but the one before it, I did binge through Tiger King real fast because I'm a crazy person. Um and because I like knowing <laughs> memes are all about. Um I did watch Saturday Night Live at home on uh, Sunday, which was delightful. Uh I've been keeping up with Westworld, which um I really enjoy I'm just my my hesitation is how much I should and should not say because I don't want to spoil anything for anybody.
0: Well, we actually just yep. started catching back up on Westworld,
1: So uh, we're like me... we're three or four episodes into the season two.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. Okay, so here's my here's my evaluation.
2: Um, season two has a lot of very interesting things that go on. But I feel like season two is kind of the weak season uh, from where I'm standing right now. I loved season one. Season 3 is very interesting to me. Season 2, by the end, there was a lot of me going, What? (laughs) I can see that. Not in a bad way. Not like, oh, what? That was terrible. More in like a... I don't really fucking happened here
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i can see that even as as we're just kind of getting into it but there's a lot of like what the hell is going on
2: yeah Um, (laughs) i'll tell you this about season three so far we're uh five episodes in out of an eight episode season uh this is a shorter season and um so my evaluation thus far is twofold the first part is um i really like that i think they're starting to pay off some mysteries and plot points that were season one issues that during season two seemed like, oh did they just drop that? That hasn't really been brought up again. Ah, okay. Mm. There are some things that pay off, not until season three. So okay. if some gets unclear, know. yeah, hold out. Uh my other big observation is um if and I don't know what the big picture plan is, um if season three is the end of the series, I'm not sure it's hard to say. Um if it, let me let me rephrase that if season 3 is not the end of the series if there is a forthcoming season 4 uh i'm starting to think they may have to change the name of the series uh because it definitely becomes about much more than just what's going on in westworld by season mm, yeah um and to their credit like i'm glad you know i part of me is like oh this is stopped being westworld but the rest of me is like but this is still very interesting cuz oftentimes i watch a show and i think like well, this is great. This is great following and enjoying the stories of these characters, but how does this impact the bigger world? Like, some, a lot of the time we don't really see... I mean, let, let's use the MCU as an example. Um, by the end of the first Avengers, we knew that, like, oh my gosh, aliens! Um, And that is regularly still touched on in MCU movies. It seems like the world would be much different than it is in, say, Far From Home. Like, the Earth would be much more steered by the development of technology knowing that there is advanced alien technology you know even going back to iron man one like tony stark's technology is very advanced. ridiculous right mm-hmm. yeah and it seems like that would change the world in a much different way than we generally see and i realize and i recognize that it's because they were trying to continue to keep this series as grounded as possible um so that it's accessible to the mass audience and that's fine um but it's also a little unrealistic um you know, if if in 2007 what, seven or eight, Tony Stark already had like very advanced holographic technology at his disposal, and I I I'm fine with the idea that he developed all of this himself, which is kind of a little bit of a stretch for a guy who's a mechanical engineer, because that's all software-based stuff. But I mean, fine, I'll go with it. I'll go with it. That's fine. Um, the genie never stays in the bottle for very long. Oh. Never. Um and by far from home, everybody's technology still looks like our technology right now.
0: Right, I want holographic interfaces. God damn it!
2: <laughs> you think you do, but five minutes, but your arms would be very tired, and you'd be like, "This sucks." I, <laughs> from the experience of having a touch screen laptop, which seemed like a great idea to me, but now every time I have to reach forward and touch the screen, I'm like, "Oh, I'm so."
1: But can't busy. you? But can't you use your mouse to to do that? Oh, stuff? and I do,
2: and I do. It's just one of those things. That, like I said, like. It seemed like, oh, my God, that's going to change my life at first. And now I'm like,
1: man, let's use the mouse. Well, I mean, it's the same thing. It's it's the argument about the flying car. Like, yeah, it sounds awesome. And, you know, you wouldn't have to worry about whatever. But the state of people, the way people drive. Uh, well, there's too
0: many stupid people in the world.
1: True. <laughs> Accurate. You know, people can't seem to drive safely on roads on one uh, uh, moving in two dimensions. You add that third dimension of travel. And, oh, yeah. stuff
0: falling out of the sky however the holographic interface although yes you're right the arms would probably get tired maybe they that's way that we force people to revert from becoming mashed potatoes because we're sitting in front of a computer you get exercise because you have to move your arms
2: oh that's an interesting point (laughs) Uh, i think that's what nintendo's (laughs) been trying to do with their Wiimotes and now Joy-Cons and stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking okay. of graphic interfaces, uh, in addition to Westworld, I did go ahead and after our Picard blowout special, uh, I went ahead and signed up for CBS All Access. I have already finished um, Star Trek Discovery. Yay! Lord did you Picard. love it? I love Discovery. So here's the thing. here, This was what was very unexpected to me. I really enjoyed discovery quite a bit now all of this said uh my disclaimer is that i am not as big of a trekkie as you guys like for me it's pretty much casual watching um oftentimes i recognize oh there's definitely some fan service going on here i feel like everybody's winking at me and i don't get the joke <laughs>
1: yeah
2: <laughs> which there is a bit of that yeah it was not distracting it was not so much that i was like oh this Good. is being directed at me um as a casual viewer um, I enjoyed it. I was very entertained. So the funny thing is, I thought for sure, because I have more of a connection to the next generation than I do to the original series, before watching either of them, I thought, oh man, I can't wait to watch Picard. I feel like I'm really going to like connect with that. Discovery, probably not so much. So thus far, I really enjoyed Discovery picard i'm about two or three episodes in and i'm like are we gonna go to space like <laughs> what's going on this is a little it gets, slow it gets and like yeah i mean i know more or less what goes on because you know from when we, we we broke it down um so i know they're going to space but i'm like oh my god like how much are we just gonna hang out on earth <laughs> i already hang out on earth all the time can we
0: go somewhere else i love that that's funny I like it. I
2: just, I don't know. It's just, both series are very different from what I expected. Neither series particularly feels Star trek to me. In, and, and again, coming from the perspective of the casual fan, um, mm-hmm. I think that for me as the general population, the unwashed masses, um, there is, like, I don't know, a certain filter that I expect a Star Trek show to be, which I think is basically, like, an ensemble cast who... Has fun space adventures mostly all going down to planets, and I, I guess it's that I'm used to Star Trek being very episodic. Um,
0: ah, okay, yes, I know that
2: like, yeah, like the second half of Next Generation became a little bit more serialized, the S9 was a little bit more serialized, um, Voyager was kind of a 50 50. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, it's just interesting seeing a Star Trek show that is so much about like we have a through line from episode one of the season to episode whatever, the end of the of a given season. Um, I think there were, what, about 13 episodes each season? Something like I that? I think so. Something, Something like, that, yeah. like that. Um, it's, it's interesting to see it, and it's so much more serialized of, of a story. Also, um, at first it was rather startling and i knew it was going to happen but i was still startled when someone dropped an f-bomb in star trek and i'm like what uh, uh, yes okay
1: <laughs> yeah it took me a second and then i'm like okay i i can get through this um or or the rather the 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 more graphic than i expected sex scene in discovery
2: oh man we saw Klingon on boobs <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> red alert
2: red alert cling boobs I, I, okay.
0: Being someone that has always had a huge crush on Worf and has always been fascinated by Klingon culture, I was so happy to get to see kind of like this, this hardcore intimacy that is, that is Klingon culture. I thought it was super cool. I thought it was tastefully done. Definitely more risque than your average Star Trek anything, but I <laughs> thought it was incredibly well done.
1: Yeah. I mean, let, let's be honest. The, the, Last Star the, the risqueus that Star Trek got, uh any Star Trek franchise got was Enterprise with that uh, decon chamber uh situation. <laughs> did
2: we get We're to see, see, see Scott Bakula's
1: butt and that? Um you didn't really get to see Scott Bakula's book, but you did get to see uh Tapal uh Well back to as my as imagination
2: early. room, I guess. <laughs>
1: Uh, I believe, though, if you maybe you watch uh, men of a certain age, maybe you'll get to see some bacula bottom.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank goodness, because, you know, NCIS gives me Scott Bacula with a terrible unnatural accent, but never any bacula butt.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I'm actually binging NCIS right now. Um (laughs) So he's uh, at NCIS New Orleans or? Yeah, I think
2: that's what it is, right? NCIS New Orleans?
0: I think it might be. Yeah. I haven't gotten that far. I'm still in the like OG original OG NCIS, but yeah, he's in there somewhere doing something, but yeah. (laughs) So, but yeah, As are we Star Trek. All. <laughs> I I think it's interesting because I I have this debate with Star Trek fans all the time because there's so many people that are like hardcore like TNG or OG like and then like when things kind of restarted with the JJ Abrams stuff and with the new movies and whatnot there's this this hatred amongst some of the the more like traditional Star Trek watchers. And and discovery falls more into that, and even Picard a little bit kind of falls more into into that genre. I think Picard straddles it really well between the two.
2: So can I can I air my one kind of big discovery grievance? Um, sure.
0: And you
2: know, it, 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 please don't boot me out of the show. show. <laughs> we haven't yet, bud. <laughs> here, was, here was here was my one big criticism. But movie. I'm
1: hovering my mouse over and, oh. you. <laughs>
2: Um, I enjoyed it overall, but here was, my, here was my one problem. I felt like the writers t- felt um, like they were not really clear or comfortable or confident with what they wanted the characters to be on an individual level. Um, and it's one thing when you see a character change because it's character growth, and that's great. I love character growth. I love to see a character who's different from where they started out. Uh, that's great. This felt more like, um, like let's go with the Stamets example. Um, and, and I realized that they used the plot to make this happen, which is, is, is fair. And that's better than nothing as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, he started off with this kind of unlikable, um, Mm -hmm. you know, way about him. Like he had this wall up and he was, he was the dick boss that everyone just has to put up with. He's a brilliant, but he's a pain in the ass to be around
1: and And he's and he's only on the ship. and he's only on the ship to get like the hours in so that he can get to, sure, whatever research thing.
2: Right. And then part way through, I felt like the writers were like, we need to make him more likable. And so post like he's, um he he interfaces with the drive. And then, like, they have like two or three episodes where he's so happy, like he is so he's gone from like depressive to manic, um, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, that was a real big one eighty. But I understand, I understand why, and they're making it plot related. But then I felt like, were they getting some criticism about the character? Because then by the end, it's like, no, he's right back to being an asshole. Um, and it was like, just just pick one, pick pick one. I don't I don't care which one it is. Just pick one. They were all good. Um, and a, a world of credit to, um, oh gosh, what is his name? The actor who plays Tam. Anthony, Rapp. Anthony, Rapp. Thank you, Anthony, Anthony, um, you know, all credit to him because I, I don't think any of it was, was him. Um, and I, he does a great job of playing both sides of that, um, personality shift. Um, uh, but I think for me, the worst offense of, of seeing an un, uneven character in it was was Tilly. And like, I enjoyed Tilly. Tilly is a fun character. Oh, I love her so much. It seemed to me in a pilot, like they wanted Tilly to be an autistic engineer character. And I was like, that is great. I would love to see a character who's like dealing with their kind of, um, you know, whatever our, our term is now for for kind of like Asperger syndrome, kind of like, she doesn't she says things that like, Oh, that's not what I should say in a social situation. Like, she has trouble facing with other people socially. And I thought that was great. Like, they really played her off in the first episode. It's like, man, she just constantly says the wrong thing, but she doesn't mean harm by it. She just doesn't get social cues. Um, But then by about episode two or three, it was like, no, she's just kind of flaky and weird. And they're just kind of making her a weirdo, I guess, at this point. But there definitely does not seem to be an autism issue with her anymore. Um, Particularly in that, like, she was so socially off where, like, no one even was sitting with her in the mess hall mm-hmm. and that and i was like you know i i like seeing that again that representation star trek has always been so much about representation um that's great but then the episode about three in where they're having the party and she's just going on about like guys and she wants to talk to guys and she wants to talk to um uh, ash tyler ash tyler is so cute he's a soldier and she likes soldiers and musicians and I'm like, this feels weird for this character. This is not the character that we met in episode one. Um, And I I don't know, it just felt uneven to me. And I felt like they kind of like, like they wanted her to have kind of an autism spectrum kind of situation, but then they weren't willing to commit to it.
0: You know, it's interesting that you say that because that was one of the things that I, I thought was cool about Tilly. And yeah, you're right. They did, uh, I don't know, mute it a little bit. I thought it carried through in that they were showing that she was kind of growing and learning and forming relationships and, and kind of uh, coming out of her shell a little bit because she's still right at the end. She's still a bit awkward. Um, But you're right. They didn't, they didn't push it as far maybe as they could have Um, and i mean like i said i like growth but that just
2: didn't it didn't feel like growth to me it just felt like they wanted her to be something at the beginning and then they weren't willing to commit to it
0: maybe i think i i actually heard something uh about the whole anthony rap thing that there was a lot of people that did not couldn't couldn't wrap their heads around anthony rap being mean, you know, that he's such a well-liked character, such a well-liked person. You know, and, and his, you know, his former, you know, stuff that he's done in the past and all of that, that he's kind of like, everybody was like, no, you can't do that to him. He's iconic in this particular way. And maybe they tried, Mm -hmm. they started to listen to that and then went, no, 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 you know, this is, this is what it's got to be there. It is. It's a weird, it's a weird evolution of character. Uh, Ash Tyler is another one that kind of goes through this
1: really strange uh, evolution of personality. Mm hmm. Um, I think for me, though, I think with with Stamets, you know, he starts off like you're saying, Pete. He's sort of he's only on the ship because he needs to get like the time and space to, you know, to qualify to go to, you know, the research, whatever. Then he gets hooked up to the the, the myceli network, and you know. He 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 is, you know, as you said, manic for for a couple episodes. But then he starts becoming like, especially after he learns that like every time that they do these jumps or whatever, they're damaging the network. um He does get grumpy again, but it's grumpy with a purpose. Like he's that's true,
2: that's true.
1: Yeah, you know, and then and then the whole thing with you know having his husband get murdered that's true a lot for sure, and then come mm-hmm. back. You know. Yeah, that character got raked over the coals in a lot of ways. Yeah. Have you watched any of the short treks?
2: Uh, I saw a couple of them. I haven't finished going through those yet.
1: Those, um, with the exception of one of them, which applies to uh, Picard, the rest of them are all focused on Discovery, and they Mm -hmm. are really good Um, and really different. Some of them are, you know, involve you know the the main cast. There are a couple that are animated. Um, They're really oh, that's
2: interesting. I haven't seen that yet.
1: Yeah. yeah, some um, so really definitely... cute ones. And they're short, so...
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They
1: are the definition of short attention span theater. They're really cute. <laughs> um, but they also... there There's one that I wish we had watched, like, if we'd watched it in, like, the airing between, like, uh, the seasons, whatever, um, because one explains the connection that Tilly had with the regent of that planet. Fortunately, oh, yeah. I did see that one
2: before then it came out of left field
1: in a series. Um, (laughs) Because we were watching that, and we are like, we kind of gave that dog-hearing-a-weird-sound look at the TV, like, how does she know her (laughs) what?
2: Yeah, um, (laughs) that's something that, you know, if I had not seen the short one before watching that, I think that really would have come out of left field. And that, I mean, from a storytelling perspective, that can be a little problematic, too, you know, to... Yeah, like, oh, it's the famous like pitfall of comics of like, oh, we're going to do this big summer event, but you're going to have to also get 86 issues of every other individual series to fill in maps mm-hmm. And it's like, no, don't do that to me. Just give me a main series that
1: tells the story. <laughs> Listen, we have the, we have the Secret Wars 2 comics. But if you don't get West Coast Defenders, well, oh, then you're not going to understand that. So, no, now you're just,
2: just looking number 17.
1: <laughs> Is it
2: related? No. But page seven does have a direct reference. Oh, are you? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a slight tie in. He appears on like three pages, Uh, you know, when, when the Defenders are fighting Armadillo. Uh, he appears. <laughs> That's a freaking uh, geek point. Sadly, that is an actual comic book that I actually own. Uh, (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it it, it was one of those like, oh, but I don't want to get both the spectacular Spider-Man and the amazing Spider-Man.
2: Look, now he's just stroking himself
0: off at this point. You're the Spider-Man, right? Oh, my goodness. So anyway... um so overall, you like Discovery, had some problems with character development, but yeah, you had but, fun, but right? Yeah, but overall, no, I enjoyed it. I It okay. was
2: definitely, like, a plus plus, you know, like, yeah, I'm on board. It was good. Uh, it was fun. I liked it. Um, I was, yeah, I mean, I was kind of confused, like everybody else, at, like, what the hell is going on with these Klingons? <laughs> oh my god i loved in season two where they tried to make them look more like what we expect klingons to look like and Uh, they were like well we we're gonna need to explain this and they're like (laughs) well klingons shave when we're at war and i'm like that guy has been growing that hair that hair for more than the last six months pal you're
0: not fooling me (laughs) well we don't know maybe klingons grow hair faster maybe (laughs) maybe they they grow hair hair growing enhancements (laughs) and technology
2: like there was a guy with a beard to like his belt and long hair and i'm like mm. <laughs> um
1: <laughs>
0: i was exceptionally thrilled at how much uh christopher pike was so similar to the original
2: oh my gosh anson mount did a great job yeah holy cow a they, job on,
0: on the inhumans oh he, yeah right <laughs> oh yeah, oh. it, it's interesting because, like, there's every once in a while you'll find an actor that reprises a role from way back, and you can tell that they researched the original role. and You can tell he went back and watched the original Christopher Pike.
1: Yeah, you I also went did. back
2: and watched The Cage.
1: Did <laughs> we lose <leave> you, Pete? <coughs> we lost you for a second.
2: Oh, sorry. Am I here? Am I coming through? Or are you okay? yeah, 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 yeah. Okay,
1: yeah. So yeah I also yeah, watched yeah, The Cage, um, and
2: it was, it was, it's crazy. I'm weird to watch it now. Yeah. Yes.
1: Um. Yeah. So speaking of Star Trek Discovery. Um. So Kayla and I, as as we've mentioned before, uh, we go to bed every night with a Star Trek franchise uh, episode on, which re- regardless of franchise. Uh. And we, we do a rotation. Yes. <laughs> There's a rotation, uh, original series, TNG, DS9, Voyager, and Enterprise. And we had come to the end of Enterprise a few nights ago, and we had a debate about whether or not to add Discovery into the rotation.
2: I, I'm not clear on why that would be a debate. I mean, it's, is, is it because of weird-looking Klingons?
0: No, so here was my argument. The first argument I had was that the series is not finished. And up That's until true. now, we've only been watching series that have finished and watching them all the way through. Yeah. So, so is it right and proper? Are you purposefully in the animated series?
1: Yes, we are purposely yes. leaving out <laughs> the animated series.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Can't do that, it's canon. It...
1: it we, there was a point years ago where, so so it used to be for Kayla and I to get up in the mornings to go to our our various jobs. We would also put on uh, some sort of of programming. Um, for a while, it was uh, Clone Wars, um, and we did try the animated series. And
0: uh, oh god, oh god, we're all gonna die. <laughs> There's a
2: cat. There's a cat, and it's a Starfleet cat. Thing.
1: <laughs> hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, and it was just like, you know what? And I remember as a kid, like I wanted to be home at like Saturday on Saturday at like four or five o'clock because Nickelodeon showed the animated series.
2: Um, I sadly also remember those days. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't so, have
0: cable growing up, so I didn't even know
1: that it was a thing until I was a grown up. Actually, hmm. I used to. I think Nickelodeon used to show that and I forget which one of the channels used to also show the Planet of the Apes series. Oh, Not man. the movies, but the TV series.
2: I only vaguely remember that being a thing.
1: And uh, yeah, so I, yeah, I, you know, it's one of those things you watch it as a child and you're like entertained. You watch as an adult and you're somewhat worried.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Meow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, oh my God. But and I also my secondary point to it was uh, related to what I was saying before that Discovery has a, more of a, the kind of reboot feel to it, the the kind of JJ Abrams feel to it. It's very splody. It is, where
2: <laughs> it, it is quite exploding.
0: It is very splody. and the, when you look at the rest of, of the, the Star Trek franchise, they're not as splody. Like you have your moments. Of 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 uh, phaser fire or there's a battle going on and something's exploding on the bridge. And um on those panels <laughs> so
1: exploding, fuse box
0: or something. Exploding <laughs> panels RS. Um, so you got you get a little bit of that, but it's not the constant. Whereas with Discovery, it's action packed and it's very sploty and it's very there's always something going on, and that's not exactly the best to fall asleep to. Ooh, that's a fair point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's why there are sometimes uh, when we're when we're in the DS Nine and and it's you know you get into the Dominion War. There are some episodes where it is a little difficult to to fall asleep as you know the Jem'Hadar and and their the Breen and the Cardassians are you know laying waste to Federation uh, Federation and Klingon forces.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's been a few nights where I've I've stayed up a little late because I'm like, ooh, bloody scenes, and I have to watch. <laughs>
2: I was I was a little a little surprised too, like how many people just died terrible deaths during during Discovery. Oh my god! <laughs> There's a lot of very terrible sure. deaths.
0: The yes. body count is super high in Discovery.
2: Like, watches this so, person basically ev- evaporates and melts before your eyes. Yeah.
1: So from from rumors I've read, uh, spinoffs from Discovery uh, are going uh, may include. A Section Thirty-One series mm-hmm. starring uh, starring our favorite uh, Empress, the
2: lovely mission Michelle- lovely and talented.
1: Yes, yes. she's about it. Uh, and there's talks, and I, I, I have not seen anything confirming it, but to do a uh, a series with the adventures of Captain Pike on the Enterprise with younger Spock and and crew. And, I am and-
0: so down where that. That would be fun. I so want to see that. I, I love the first officer. I love that uh, they Rebecca like,
1: Romaine plays Rebecca Romaine number thing. one. Yes. Plays number so, one good.
0: So, well. so good. So yeah. good. So, speaking of which,
2: I'm sure at some point over the years I watched The Cage previous to all of this, but it's uh, I, I didn't really remember it. Oof. Um, oh. <laughs> so, when he backs into that woman and he's like, what? And she's like, Oh, the yeoman, sorry, sir. The yeoman. I'm sorry, sir. I've got your reports. And he goes, I'm just not used to having a woman on the bridge. And number one's like, "Bitch, what?
1: Yeah, <laughs> that looks. We 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 both we both made the comment when we when we started the the original series the other night. It was like, "Wow, that." Oof.
2: Yeah. On the one hand, it's like, "Oh my god, Christopher Pike is an asshole," but on the <laughs> other hand. <laughs> good on Eugene Roddenberry for having number one on the bridge as the first officer and not just to sit there, but to look at him like, I will kill you. Yeah. yeah. And to the point where he had to go, well, you know, not you toots. (laughs) <laughs> like 50s way possible even though I realized already in the 60s by this point
1: um right my, my other favorite was the uh there's he's selecting the 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 landing party and what well, that's an unknown surface down there we must leave the most experienced officer on the bridge and I'm like um the most experienced officer on this ship is probably you captain how is that not you <laughs> I said
0: said that it was a lame attempt as as an apology and flattery to the first officer, but, you know.
1: (laughs) But it's definitely, like...
2: (laughs) Sit down and let a man have this man adventure. (laughs) (laughs) I could could have gone for a little bit more of that in Discovery, almost, like, as a wing to the way Pike was in the cave. Like, if we had gotten a slightly more sexist, like... Um like not overtly sexist, but like
1: <laughs> those little
2: sexist microaggressions yeah, that you're would have Michael? been really entertaining to me. You're yeah, the maybe Michael?
0: Yeah, making a comment about Michael and her being a female or something. <laughs> oh
2: wait, but your name is Michael and you're a mutineer. I thought for sure you were um no, that's fine. You're right. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> you you're right. You can you can be and do anything you think is appropriate, Michael. <laughs> and then they put the beam One in of out the of
0: space halfway through, right? <laughs> One of the little things that always tickles me about the cage, um, there's a moment where Spock actually smiles, yes, like laughs, what and the, it's uh, like at the, the little
1: flower things, the
0: little flower things, yeah. It's like bone and chilling it, though. Does he let her laugh? Like,
2: oh no, <laughs> <he's> gone wrong. <laughs> once
1: once we get once we get into the Captain Kirk era, if Spock's laughing. Something is wrong on this planet. We must beam everybody off now. <laughs> there are <laughs> drugs involved.
2: <laughs> do, you th- do you think it's because of Kirk? He was just so much like, oh my god, this
1: fucking guy. Yeah, Kirk just made yeah him crazy. They yeah. all the humor out of him. You no, know, you know what it was? It was McCoy.
0: <laughs> oh my god, their relationship. If you go back and watch it now, the the abuse. <laughs>
2: they fucking hate each
0: other. <laughs> oh my god, it's not and like were, hilarious
2: buddy ribbing. It's like, no, I hate you, and I'm a racist.
0: Yeah,
1: they were really terrible uh, to each other. You green blooded Vulcan. <laughs> well, Doctor, uh, you're barely b- above a butcher.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, Star Trek.
1: <laughs> um i'm, I'm definitely interested to see i'm definitely <laughs> interested to see the section 31 with michelle Yeoh. Uh, Yao? yo Not yeah. for uh yo um, something like that yeah mm-hmm. I, and I, I was reading something and they were very uh people were very uh receptive to they allowed her to keep her her, her malaysian accent They they didn't force her to yeah
0: that was cool i like that i actually yeah. thought it really brought some depth
1: you know, because like everybody
0: is kind of just this straight American, you know, and they're they're letting more and more in Star Trek. They're letting the accents come out more.
2: Speaking uh, of exactly that, I I do enjoy in Picard um, having each of the the ships' emergency hologram programs. <laughs> accent that is yes! hilarious to me, and that they <laughs> call him like the most narcissistic narcissistic thing he could possibly do because I'm like that's one. what I would do also.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it so much. Have you watched the, you haven't watched Ready Room yet? No, not yet. Not yet. Okay, there's an interview with him and he talks about that. And it's, it's, oh my God, it's hysterical.
2: I adore the fact that he has programmed them to all be him, all with a different accent. And also, as narcissistic as it must be for him to make them all himself, he hates them. Yes. (laughs) That is exactly what it
0: would be like if it were me. It's the ultimate in self-loving.
1: <laughs> um, but definitely, definitely, when you, you if you get a chance, watch the uh, the ready room uh, episodes with Will Wheaton; those are awesome. Yeah, I'm glad uh, you
2: reminded me. That was um, my original plan, and then once I started watching, I forgot that it was a thing.
1: Um, back to of discovery, I, oh, I'm sorry.
0: I was just going to say, speaking of Will Wheaton, real quick, just a little sidetrack. Will Wheaton lately um, has done a lot of things to to uh, improve his life, and and. He's because he's. If you look at him, like in Ready Room and things that he's doing on social media, he's always been a wonderful person. But it is so good, and I don't know if anybody else has noticed this, but it is so good to see him happy and smiling and out there and talking about his passion for Star Trek. And he's shed a lot of the a lot of the depression, a lot of the stigma, a lot of things that held him back. He has just like gangbusters come to the forefront of things and is really doing incredible stuff. And I think that's super, super awesome. I've always been a fan, but it's so neat to see him really coming into his own again.
2: I'll, I'll let you hold his geek point for that one, because I, yeah, that's, that's great that to see, you know, somebody who, you know, is really struggling with, um, with their own life and their personal issues and, and find their way out of it and climb their way out of it. And that's hard. That's very hard. Um, yeah. So yeah, to see somebody who's who's you know coming out the other end of that is is not only really great, it's encouraging.
0: Yeah, it's super cool. His Instagram is is the funniest, cutest thing, and he's just I'm I'm more of a fan now. Like I've I'm becoming even more of a fan than I ever have been because I'm seeing all of this stuff he's doing. So and you'll see it when you watch Ready Room. You'll see it like he is just bright and happy and it's amazing
1: yeah i, I and, and watching those especially when he talks to to some of the the newer actors to trek to the trek universe um and he talks about you know he, he, the way he talks about acting it's like someone needs to get him into being a professor or instructor or something in a in a theater school because yeah he his just like his he 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 wants to go so inside baseball on that, and you feel like you're somewhere. Somebody in his ear is kind of like, "Okay, we'll dial it back." You know, <laughs> but it's so interesting to have him talk. You know, he talks to every actor about you know the character development and 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 how they the choices they make in playing their characters, and it's like, wow. That's some, you know, that, that's some some deep diving he's doing with these actors to get into their processes and things.
0: Mm-hmm. And he's uniquely qualified to do so having been, you know, gone through that process. And, and you know, he talks so passionately about working with Patrick Stewart. And he's kind of comparing notes with the other actors as to what it's like, you know, working with Patrick Stewart. And it's it's so cool. It's like, it's like gushing about your grandpa. You know, <laughs> it's really neat to watch. I mean, especially to, to
2: to see him come around because I know that that's you know been such a a big part and aspect of like the issues that he has gone through. You know, to see him really yeah, and that was great.
1: Um, so the one thing I want to come back to Discovery on is uh, Doug Jones.
2: Ah. So good in everything, always, always.
1: Yeah, and it's just watching watching him in in his role is just I don't know. I I get so tickled when I see the the opening credits and he's like number two on the on the credits list. And it's, mm-hmm. yeah and it's like oh my you know he's been an incredible actor under the makeup uh, you know doing that all these years and to finally be like he's here you know he's a lead actor
0: recognized for his acting talent and not just his physical disposition
2: and you know i think one of the things that i really love too is the way he um he makes it unique and he makes he, he brings himself 100 percent into it like saru just the way that he chooses to stand little Mm -hmm. things the way that when he walks his hands wave back and forth behind him yes Mm -hmm. i love that like just little things like that that he's just like i'm taking ownership over not just his character but like how this race expresses itself Mm -hmm. right
1: right um yeah it it is it's watching him and it's like even through all that makeup and you know i'm sure there's some visual effects also being done um since we know now that we live in a world that you can do visual effects on top of you know practical makeup yeah he like ceru's like arc and development and emotions and like you know you just you you buy it like you're at, at a certain point it's like you have to i for me at least I have to remind myself, like, no, that that's that's an actor under makeup performing. That's not an actual being, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. He he has that magic that some actors have and some actors don't, where you can completely forget that you're looking at Doug Jones and you are watching Saru and he become yeah. that character completely.
2: It's it's funny too to see <laughs> back on the subject of character development and character change how he changes as a character once we get into, like, this whole, his loss of his fear. Yes. Uh, and yes. it's almost like, no, you need at least a little bit of that fear back. <laughs> 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 he's going in, and he's like, look here, captains and admirals, all of which outrank me, I think you suck. And it's <laughs> Whoa. Can we... Give you back a little
0: fear because, yeah. you know, yikes. Uh-huh.
1: I, which we learned in Lock and Key.
0: Yeah, yeah. When she buried her fear, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, people it, need a, a little bit. Yep it's it's an interesting thought, and you could go on for hours about you know any particular human being if you were to take away one
1: single emotion.
2: There is a reason why they're all there, and 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 it's important that they
1: be balanced. Mm, yep. Mm-hmm. Well. I think we've, uh, we have, we've gone on quite a while.
0: Oh, there was one other one I wanted to talk okay. about, but we have not okay, going no, no, on no, no. for a bit. No, 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 I don't know no. if Pete's seen it, so maybe it's going to be an assignment for Pete. Have you seen Onward yet? I did. I watched it. Um,
2: okay,
0: Yesterday or <laughs> right, the day before?
2: Yes. If you don't know, Onward is on Disney+. Plus. Um, yes. so there's another something to entertain yourself with, um, I oh. it was very fun. The end, um... Yeah, definitely is is a Pixar make you cry until your eyes hurt ending. Um, but in a, like a good, warming. <laughs> yes, I'm I'm bawling, but I'm happy. I don't know. Emotions are complicated.
0: Yeah, no, it 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 was yeah. it was um. Uh, who did was it Patrick Wathrus or somebody that said? No, that, I will.
1: I just pulled it up. Um, who was it? Jeremy Crawford. Jeremy lead, Crawford said it. Lead lead editor, uh, lead rules person for for D and D. Uh, said onward is a love letter to dnd heartwarming quest about family and gorgeous animated film and i could not agree well with said. mr crawford anymore
2: well said um i i don't recall if i've mentioned this on here on the podcast or not before but for me looking at the um the menu of pixar movies um the one movie that has always really really uh affected me in a different way from all of the others has been finding emo um because Ooh. as a father of a son um <clears throat> you know it it, it it really speaks to all of my kind of neurotic worries about like taking care of my kid and being responsible my kids in my case and being being responsible and being a good parent and knowing that they're healthy and okay and accepted and and um you know despite whatever shortcomings they may have, that that doesn't hinder them in life. Um, so you know, like finding Nemo has always hit me in a real special way. Um, Onward also has has kind of hit me in a special way too, because I am the father specifically of two sons who are almost the exact same
0: age. They're a year apart. Right there with you. Yeah. And
2: I, I know you would be, and I knew you would be. Um, you know, seeing this and like the the relationship of of those sons to their father. And what that means to them. Um, And it means something different to the two of them. But neither any less important than the other. Just different. Um, And to see these two brothers who love each other. But they're constantly kind of like fighting a little bit. But in that sibling rivalry way. Where they don't. They love each other so much. Um, You know. But they still punch each other. Because that's what kids do. Um, (laughs) It was like. Oh my god. It's my kids. Without a doubt. Yep. Uh, So yeah. This one also. You know. Like. Yeah. I I love D&D. And I loved. All of the, the the winks to D&D and D&D culture and, and all of that. But then on one level further, it was like, oh, yeah, you know, like, the legacy that we leave our kids is so important. Yes. Um, and who they are to each other and how they inform each other is so important. And that's something that I think you don't often see in a movie. Like, I really expected... This was going to be another movie about the relationship of fathers and sons which we see plenty and I I love movies like that because it it hits home to me but we there are a lot of those movies rarely is it a movie about the relationship of the two brothers to their father and to each other and and that sort of surrogacy of fatherhood that comes with being
0: an older brother which I am also
2: um so yeah it was it was good and it
0: it it hit me in a lot of good ways. Absolutely. Totally 100% agree. I mean, I my kids have somewhat a a tumultuous relationship with father figures, but it that brotherhood bond and and my boys unfortunately don't have much of a bond, but they're still an underlying like they're brothers no matter what. And and yeah, it it hits you in a really special way when you when you've been able to see that that dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Do uh, we have time for one more thing? Sure, why not? <laughs> it's a podcast. We're, we're not under
2: under a network's uh, thumb.
1: So. We make the rules! <laughs> I, I'm going to let local news know that we're going to go long. So <laughs> The advertisers will love it. It'll be fine.
2: Um... So in the gaming world, because I think you know we we need all of those
1: oh shit yeah things to yes, yeah,
2: things to entertain ourselves with while we are all stuck indoors. Right? Um, I I think I've mentioned at least touched on it a little bit. Um, since we've been doing the show, uh, I am an Xbox player personally, and um, X ex- Microsoft's uh, Game Pass um system uh, has been great as far as I'm concerned. Not unlike uh, a lot of other subscription services like Netflix and Spotify and things like that. This is like the Netflix or Spotify video games. It's $10 a month, I think, or whatever it is. And they have like a, an ever-changing menu of available games that you can just download the full game and play. I've been with Game Pass now for quite a while. Um, and I love, like, there's a lot of games that I'm like, I don't really want to buy that game. But I'm interested enough to want to play it. Uh, I've gone through all three of, like, the rebooted Tomb Raider games. Uh, through Game Pass. I didn't really want to invest in any of them, but I very much enjoyed playing all of them because it was included. Um, they've got a lot of other great titles on there. I went through The Outer Worlds uh, not too long ago. I did talk about that on the show. Um, what else has been on there that's been really good? Uh, I've been playing Mass Effect. Um, so I've been catching up on some old stuff that I know a lot of people have already gone through. So in terms of things um, to keep yourselves, yourselves entertained, uh, that is, a, I have found personally a very good option. I have also, in the last couple of days, downloaded uh, Call of Duty's most recent uh, title, which is the Modern Warfare remake. Um, I'm not actually playing Modern Warfare. I'm playing uh, Warzone, which is free, which is why I bring it up. Uh, Warzone is Call of Duty's answer to Fortnite. Uh, it is very Fortnite, but it is also very Call of Duty. It's a nice kind of blank... Like, chocolate and vanilla mix of kind of the best things of both. Um, I recommend it for having some social contact with people, mostly with most of which involves, um, saying very obscene things to them. Um, and their mothers. Um.
1: About their mothers? (laughs) Of and about, and
2: to, and around their mothers. Um, but... You know for me and the reason really i bring it up in in terms of this you know we're all kind of stuck being socially distant uh, my brother has lived in in las vegas for the last two or three years working for um fedex and uh gaming is our way to kind of like stay in touch with each other and we try to you know play some some xbox every couple of weeks if nothing else and it's just you know a good chance to catch up and talk and uh now that we are being socially distant um not he and I we we've been socially distant for quite a while now but um the rest of us you know it's good to go online and and um have like a game night um i have found that um the jackbox games uh have been a lot of fun too um i haven't had a lot of time to do it but we found that by streaming it on twitch or on mixer um you know one person can throw it up there because it's all a cell phone based game everybody can kind of play as long as they're watching the stream there's a delay of five or six seconds but it worked out pretty well um That's cool. i would like to do it again maybe um you know maybe we'll get like a geekiest plays tag box or something like that going or Ooh, that'd be fun throw it out to twitter and see oh, yeah. who pops into the room uh pops into the stream to play some games with us um hopefully sometime in the next couple of days we can make that happen
1: that would be really cool
0: i um, second that notion yeah, yeah
2: let me see what i can work out Hopefully I'll be a little
1: more prompt with it than my adventure time list that I still have not posted. Okay. Um, One of the things I wanted to bring up. um, Wizards of the Coast um, has started last week with their remote D&D. They they call it the stay-at-home, play-at-home D&D adventures await uh, content. And what they've done uh, all last week, Monday through Friday, and what they started today, and they restarted again today, is they are putting out material for free for folks who are at home can download. So um, everything from the Adventurers League Player's Guide and Dungeon Master's Guide, they've put out like three or four adventures. They have made the Lost Minds of Fandelver available for Roll20, Fantasy Grounds, and D&D Beyond through May 6th for free. Um, each day they've also put out stuff for families and younger folks like on last Monday adventure of muck muck is a uh the world's most adventurous goblin and the uh the, adve- the it's mostly like puzzles and things to do with younger younger players they've also been putting out uh pages from the hydro 74 uh coloring book that came out a couple years ago so there's like a beholder page, a dragon page. Um, they yeah, they just put out a lot of stuff, adventures league stuff, other adventures that were maybe done during the um, that were done during the there are different extra life campaigns. Um, yeah, it's just I I really think they have stepped it up so that they're making things available for for the home DM and and D and D groups. I think that's awesome.
2: It's really nice to see so many companies stepping up to try to link you know, provide for all of us in this time when it's important that we be at home. And, you know, like I've said repeatedly, nobody likes it, but, you know, we got to do it. And if we got to do it, it's good to see people being supportive of that. Um, yeah, you know, I've seen it, like you said, Wizards of the Coast has been putting out a lot of free content for people. Um, CBS All Access has a one month free trial subscription, which is great. HBO has put a lot of their uh, original series available to um, to stream for free. Do you do you know? Do you have to actually have the HBO app
1: and then it's free? Or no,
2: we we're places? watching
1: we're watching it through. I've watched stuff through it on Amazon Prime and on Hulu. Oh,
2: okay, okay, so yeah,
1: because yeah. like I caught up, I caught up on like the last season of Silicon Valley, the last season of Ballers. Um, so yeah, it was it, it like those because. For a while, there were some of the older like Rome and Deadwood and some of their older series were available on Amazon Prime. And I was like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, you, you want to watch uh, what did we watched? Uh, we watched the other day. Oh, the Fantastic Beats, the Crimes of Grindelwald.
0: Yeah, finally got uh, to see that. Although I need to go back because I think I fell asleep.
1: You did fall asleep. Okay. <laughs> um you no, know, so like they've made their 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 offerings available. I like I said, we watched it through Amazon Prime. Uh, I think Kayla, you w- didn't you also watch the the last year's Godzilla movie?
0: Yes, I did. I was writing at the same time, but wow, talk about a gratuitous monster movie! Oh my goodness!
1: <laughs> and again, what? What movie was it? Godzilla: King of the Monsters, the the one that came oh, out last yeah. last year with Millie Bobby Brown and mm-hmm. the guy who played Tywin Lannister.
0: Yeah it oh my god it just you can't even like you can't review this movie It's just such a squish of just monster ridiculousness either you'll like that kind of stuff or you don't you know
2: i remember seeing it i remember being very entertained i don't remember what was going on but i was falling asleep not because of the movie because i had not slept <laughs> <laughs> what a college student hadn't <laughs> slept what oh my god that's start oh ridiculous
1: um yeah but like i also was, was saw like uh war for the planet of the apes the one that came out a couple years ago uh is on there uh the last year's hellboy is on there which we didn't get to see in the theater you <sighs> need to watch that
2: i so. have thoughts about that
1: but just go ahead and <laughs> we'll talk can we talk we'll talk about it after we watch it anyway. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um so i i mean there's a lot there's a lot to watch, you know, so you don't need to go out and, and just go wander the stores. I mean, don't be dicks. I, yeah, don't be dicks. I mean, I, I totally get it. There There is something about being stuck in the house that does get a little depressing, but don't be dicks
0: oh from the can i can i for a second from the youtube side of things because like Mm -hmm. i'm a dark and i watch that stuff um there's a lot of really cool uh youtube stars that are doing some really amazing content i talked about jimmy fallon's at home uh last time um but there's also things like um if you're into diy stuff mr kate is doing a whole thing on uh diy projects uh, decorating and design projects you can do at home the try guys are doing some really fun stuff. Um, there's a lot of really cool like if you if you follow any YouTube stars, um, there's a lot of them that are really kind of doing their civic duty to encourage people to stay home and to create content that is uplifting and that is, is, um, informative and all of those things. And I just kind of want to say thank you to them. Not that I'm, you know, that they'd ever, if they're listening to us or whatever, but it's really cool to see these like huge YouTube stars that are taking into consideration what's going on and doing their best to continue to create
1: content from home and encourage mm-hmm. people to stay home. I think it's really cool. Um, in in that vein, then I want to shout out Black Magic Crafts, um, their host. Uh, he's uh, basically, you know, like many, he, he has a young daughter and like many folks, you know, schools closed where he's at in, in Canada. And he now has a young daughter at home and his wife is an essential worker. I don't think I don't remember we said what what uh, what industry she's in, but but her shift is also opposite normal normal shift, you know normal life shifts. So he's been having to be the primary caregiver to his daughter, um, and it's really you know he made a video basically saying I might not be able to make videos, but he has gone out of his way to find a way to make videos. And one of the things I love that he's doing is he's like, how to make things out of stuff you have around the house so that you're not having to go to the hobby store or to the big box, you know. Uh, oh, that's great. That's big great. Box stores.
0: Upcycling for the win.
1: Um, so he's been using a lot of like cereal boxes instead of getting chipboard um, love to make it. things. Uh, and then, of course, you know, a- as a way to help support his channel um if you go to his he has a website where like he has amazon links to the various tools and materials um so he gets a little bit of revenue off of that but uh he has produced like a couple of really good videos at, at using um he did one where he made uh terrain out of uh old grocery bags old plastic bags cool uh, so oh, yeah so black magic craft uh you know that he's doing a great job um and and you know being socially responsible he's like you know Uh, and it seems like you know you don't need to leave the house to go you know if you need to order stuff order stuff but you've got so much stuff around the house you don't even realize it so
2: um my wife is very big into live music so she's really been suffering through all of this also she likes to go to um a lot of the big festival shows like um, bonner and stuff like that um and i know that she has been filling that void in her life with um a lot of twitch um I could not exactly tell you how or where to go about on Twitch finding this because it's not really my thing. But I know that um, if live music is your thing, a lot of DJs and such have been putting on a lot of like live concerts on Twitch, which is pretty cool. Um, what's his face? Um, Chris Martin? Uh, yeah. Was on Saturday Night Live uh, playing acoustic from his house. So, you know, likewise, it's, it's just and- nice to see people... Trying to support the rest of us, you know, through the skills that they have.
1: And later this week, Bruce Springsteen will be doing a performance from his house.
2: Nice. Oh, that's cool.
1: Yeah. So. Uh,
2: I know that, I don't know what the specifics are, but I know also organizations like Marvel and I think DC also is in comiXology. I've been putting out a lot of free content for people to read. Um, cool. Well, we are all doing our at-home reading. That means for me, in the bathroom, on the toilet. <laughs> do
1: do people that read out other places? places?
2: Um, no. Okay. Also, do people podcast from other places is my question. <laughs> Spoiler alert.
0: <laughs> That's why it's a
2: little echoey. It's it's, it's not just my, my uh, career as a professional.
1: Based on, <laughs> <laughs> um, there is something else I was going. Oh, uh, and and of course, as we we mentioned before, uh, Sir Patrick Stewart doing a sonnet a day on yes. Facebook. Oh, oh my god, god. check that out! Oh yeah, check it out. He is so doing great. them. I believe he's doing them in order. Um, although I think he, I think he may have done, he might have broke that the other day and did one out of order, but it was at a request of a fan or something. So, um, but interesting enough, I saw the one where like he kind of like before he started reading, he kind of like okay, so the first, however many I did are you know these sonnets are you know thought to be written by Shakespeare about this, and then these these next you know several are you know this, and he really like honestly got it felt like I was a student in you know a word uh, a, a lit class having my professor you know explain something to me uh, but you know unfortunately none of my professors are ever sir patrick stewart
0: patrick stewart master class on shakespeare i want to see it
1: yeah so at no point <laughs> oh during that God. did
0: you
2: did you raise your hand and say excuse me professor jl <laughs>
1: Uh, <laughs> that's a geek point
0: uh, that uh, is definitely a geek point, point
1: alright so uh, I think I think we can wrap this up Kayla what does the big board and by big board I mean the word file on your laptop say
0: <laughs> it's on my tablet tonight and we really and, are
2: going all digital at this point aren't we
0: right yeah I have like three screens in front of me okay oh, so
1: we're uh, not even in the same room anymore that's how social distancing we're doing
0: good job there Barbara Gordon there you go um, so i come in last as always with two uh pete behind me with three and joe is the big winner today with one two three four five
1: way to go all right well, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Demorgus. Uh, you can find anything about the podcast at the Geekiest Pod. Uh, you can find me being the DM of the Not Safe for Wizards podcast. Uh, let me see what else. Um, this Saturday, uh, the eighteenth, I will be running a second level one shot adventure uh, virtually, roll twenty in uh, Discord. Um, so, we'll, you can find a link to that. Um, and then the next weekend, next Saturday after that, so the 18th to the 25th, we will, I'll be doing another Learn to Play D&D Virtually. So um, we will probably post on some of the social media, or all the social medias, how you can get uh, a ticket to have me teach you how to play D&D and then run D&D game for you. And uh, I think that's it for me. Uh, Pete? You can find me. Six feet away from you,
2: poking you with a stick that is six feet and one inches long. Additionally, you can reach me by email. I am geekiestpete at gmail.com. You can reach me for questions, comments, and sexy photos. Uh, I can be found on Twitter, putting out some some twits. Uh, I am at the It's Just Pete. Uh, And I can be found playing Orion on uh, Not Safe for Wizards an actual play 5th edition D&D podcast hosted by the one and only Armored Bearer Productions.
1: And Kayla?
0: Okay, uh, so you can get a hold of me um, on my Twitter at Hawk underscore Kayla. You can find me on Instagram at the geekiest, not the, that's for Pete, at geekiest Kayla. Um, That's kind of my main hub all things geeky and weird and alternative and fun. Um you can also find me playing Jade on Not Safe for Wizards. Um am i doing uh the shop is closed right now most of you know at this point that we own a thrift store uh but we are doing some stuff online we're doing an ebay store uh so please check out secondhand goddess on ebay right now uh joe and i are supplementing our income through through the classes and through ebay and and all of that so if you uh, have somebody you want to get a gift for. Maybe make somebody smile during uh, this really crazy time. There's some fun stuff, some Disney pins and whatnot. And uh, once I'm feeling a little better, there will be uh, more entries onto that page as well. Um, I'm thinking about starting an Etsy page with some of my upcycle jewelry and things like that. Let me know in the comments what you think about maybe that happening. Uh, and I think that's it. Yay. Yay.
1: So thank you for listening this week. Please stay safe. Please wash your hands. Please keep your distancing. And as Pete says, don't be a dick. Don't be we'll a talk dick. to you next week. Don't be, be a dick. Dicks. Bye. Love you. Hey there, listener. Before we get out of here, just want to uh, ask you to do us a little favor, um, two little favors. One, if you go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review there. Five stars would be great, but hey, we're leaving that up to you. And second would be share the podcast with your friends, family coworkers, whoever you think would enjoy a deep dive into geek culture. uh, That would definitely help us. Thanks for listening. The preceding program was brought to you by Armored Bear Productions.